Hey, this is Rick Rogers. Welcome to Warriors Respite. I am a social worker, addictions counselor, and trauma counselor, and I am also a combat veteran. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at LBRT Social Work, and also you can find me on Facebook, uh, Instagram. You can Google my website, Richard Rogers, Rogers with a D, LCS or MSW, LCSW, or LCSW. Um, now, one thing I want to talk about today is depression. Um, I over the years I have seen these influencers uh, come in and talk about depression and talk about how they don't feel like it's a clinical illness or a clinical disease. And anybody can be cured from depression. And all you got to do is work hard, or all you got to do is think happy, and all you got to do is get out of bed and blah, blah, blah. Now, I, I think that's all great, and I think that helps a lot of people. And I think it helps me, and it's, it's very motivating. A lot of times these guys come in and they're motivating. But my problem is a lot of times – these people are missing out on some key things. Uh, there are, sometimes is a cause for depression. That can include losing a loved one, a death of a loved one. That can include um, chronic illness. Maybe I have a chronic illness. I think there are certain situational things Generally, and I think generally you're probably going to find some kind of root cause or situational things for most people with depression. And am I saying that a person can't come out of depression? No, not at all. I think anybody can come out of depression. But I think there are certain people that are just going to be depressed sometimes. It's not about not feeling depressed. This is what these people don't understand. Because if I miss my grandma who died, I can't minimize it. Because no matter what, I feel sad about it. And if I try to avoid that sadness, it's going to come and make me suffer. Now I'm fighting the sadness while and avoiding it. And when I avoid... It causes, it takes a lot more energy. It's important to honor grief, honor loss, honor if I got a divorce or broke up with my boyfriend or girlfriend. It's important to honor those things. And it's important to honor maybe a chronic illness or something like that that is affecting my mental health. There is ways to decrease the sadness, especially with my thinking. Does medications help a lot of people? Yes. Uh, these people want to come in and say medications don't help. Am I saying you have to take medications? No. Medications is not the end-all, be-all. Can it help? Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely, it can help. I think the idea is you don't want to stay on the medications forever. And I think the idea is, and this is for me, and this is my own viewpoint, it does not reflect anybody else. Uh, I don't think you want to stay on medications forever. I think what you want to do is learn the tools so you can learn to deal with your sadness and depression. Uh, 
without the medication. This is what these people don't understand. It's not about not feeling depressed. It's not about not feeling sad. It's about when you feel sad, when you feel depressed, what are you going to do? You're going to keep going. But what's happening with the sadness and depression? It's the voices in my head. It's the judgments. It's the judgments judging me, judging the world, judging other people, telling me there's no point. And, you know, you look at things such as log logotherapy, I think it's called, uh, Victor Frankl. You know, you're, you're fi finding a meaning, you know. So uh, in his book, uh, Man's Search for Meaning, he talks about a guy whose wife died. And he was depressed his wife died. And Viktor Frankl said, well, how would you think that uh, it would affect your wife if you died? And he said, well, she'd be hurt tremendously. And he said, well, maybe, maybe you can be grateful that you are not allowing her to suffer with your death. That you were taking the brunt of it. You were sparing her of her suffering. And it changed the person's perspective. And that's mainly what I work with is changing perspectives. Because I might have the perspective that I'm a failure. There is no such thing as failure. There are only opportunities to learn. Yes, I did screw up. Yes, people hate me now, but I can learn from it and be better. Loneliness is a big issue. Loneliness is a big issue. And when you're lonely, you're going to feel depressed sometimes. But are you still feeling lonely when you're around people? Maybe we need to learn to be happy with who we are and what we're doing. I like to talk about not even judgments. And a good thing to look up is thought diffusion. I think this is kind of a basis of what I'm talking about. But letting go of judgments. Pretend there's a vacuum above my head and it's sucking all the judgments, all the voices, the voices that are talking to me, the voices that are telling me I'm not good enough or I'll never be good enough or I need to give up or I'm a bad person, let that vacuum suck all those judgments out of your body and just be. Take on the it is what it is attitude and just be. You don't need to judge things as good or bad. You can tell what is good and bad for you. And if it's not serving you, let that vacuum suck it out. Get it out of you. And do what's good for you. Now, the problem lies when I am trying to be successful and I hit a bump in the road. And I start feeling stress. Don't stop at that stress. Find ways around that barrier. This is what people don't understand about me. I get a lot of flack from other mental health providers or social workers. 
that I don't want government involved in my life or anybody's life. I want people to get by on their own merit. Does that mean that some people will have a harder time than others? For sure. But the person who gets around the barriers, who has a harder time and does not give up, is going to have a big old sense of accomplishment. And I'm going to have a big old, big old sense of respect for that person. I commend that person that breaks the boundaries. Listen, I know what it's like to be depressed and poor. I experienced a lot of trauma. My mother screamed at me nonstop. My dad was never there. My stepdad was a drunk and beat the shit out of me. And they didn't have any money. Not saying money is everything, but I'd open the fridge to look for food and my mother would scream at me and punch me in the face. And if I ever tried to defend myself, I'd get the belt to my back and my face or whatever. Or You could see me in one of my pictures for a dance in high school. I got a black eye. I, 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 then I went to the military and learned discipline, but also got in trouble a lot. I went to Afghanistan, lost a lot of people. I've lived tragic life, but I didn't let that tragedy and that depression stop me. I've laid in bed. I've laid in bed and didn't want to get up. Didn't want to move, felt depressed, felt angry. But I changed my perspective from give up to you have to keep moving no matter what. Because there are times when I desperately wanted to give up. But I kept moving. Sometimes I had to go through the motions. Sometimes you have to go through the motions because when you think, about your goals. And number one, you have to have goals. When you think about your goals and think about how long it's going to take to attain your goals, really, for most goals, it doesn't take that long. I decided I wanted to be a social worker. I didn't have any money. But it didn't take that long for me to become a social worker. A couple years. It took me, I started my schooling in 2013. I got my licensed clinical social worker license in 2018. Five years. Five years to turn my life around to become somebody. Become something. Five years compared to 80 years that I'll probably live is not that long. And... It was worth it. And I don't regret the mistakes that I've made, the people that I've pissed off. I don't regret that. I don't regret the bad things I've done. Well, I do regret some of it, but I own it. Let's just say that. That's a better way of looking at it. I own my shit. 
cover yourself in mud and people can't throw mud at you. Own your shit. Because I think fear has a lot to do with it. We get depressed because we're afraid. We're afraid of our past. And we're afraid that our past is going to come back to haunt us. But if I own my shit, it can't haunt me. No one can say anything. No one can say anything to hurt me if I own it. Yeah, that was me. That was me. I was a bad soldier. I was a bad boyfriend. I was a bad husband. I did bad things. And now I'm owning it and doing better. I failed, but I'm learning from that failure. And I'm improving. And I've taken the last five years to turn my life around and become better and become the person I want to be. And from now on going forward, I'm going to become better and better. Sure, I'm going to screw up sometimes, but I'm not going to let those screw ups stop me. I'm going to take a step back, learn from it, and move forward. On days that I'm feeling really depressed, I can't get out of bed, I'm going to go through the motions. I'm going to get up. I'm going to grab my gym bag. I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to start walking on the treadmill. I'm just going to walk. Maybe I just start lifting. I'm just going to go through the motions. I'm going to do it anyways because that's what I value. Even though I don't even though I don't feel it, I value it. I'm going to be a good dad for my child. I'm not going to use drugs even though I feel like getting hammered to drink away my emotions. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to work through it. And I'm going to be there for my child. And I'm going to smile for my child. And I'm going to tell jokes and watch cartoons with them. Take them to the movies. Take them to the mall. If malls still exist these days. I'm going to be there for my child. Even though I feel like utter trash. Because tomorrow I might feel better. Because I'm going to take some time. I'm going to take 10 breaths. I'm going to use that vacuum to suck all those negative comments from other people and from myself. And I'm going to have compassion for myself. And I'm going to better myself. And I'm going to improve myself. And I'm going to focus on my goals. And I'm going to push away everybody that's toxic. That's going to keep me from reaching my goals. Let's take a break. And we're back. Um, one thing uh, that I get often is relationship issues, uh, specifically marriage issues and Sometimes I'll get one person saying their wife or their husband told me to come to counseling because uh, they want me to work out my communication issues. Or I'll have two people come into therapy and they'll blame one person. And it's usually true that one person, the other person, or each individual person have personal issues to work out. 
But here's the thing. If we're talking about improving your relationship because of communication, it's both of you. So if I get one person coming to me for therapy for communication issues in marriage, why don't I have both of you in my office talking about your communication issues? Because it takes two people. It takes two people to make a relationship work. I don't care. I don't care if the other person thinks that they are stable. That they are mentally healthy. A lot of times, I'll get people that'll say... Or maybe the husband will say, well, my wife told me to come in because of my anger issues, but she just holds it in until it blows up. Why is she holding it in? Why isn't she able to confront the issue? This tells me that you both don't know how to communicate. You're getting defensive about everything, and the other person is given the cold shoulder or is holding it in. Both are an issue. If you are given a cold shoulder and not reacting to your spouse, there's an issue there. Maybe the other person has a problem, but you got the problem too. Maybe you don't know how to set boundaries. Maybe you don't know how to say stop. Why are you holding it in? Mostly because we don't like confrontation. It feels uncomfortable to confront and talk. But I got news for you. Relationships are hard. Marriage is very difficult. My marriage is very difficult. Everybody's marriage is difficult. You can't hold it in and expect things to work out because you are going to be stressed out, but also you're stressing out the other person because when one person is trying to have a conversation, they want a reaction. And when you don't give a reaction, they're going to make comments to try to get a reaction. And then you're going to get angry. And then two people are going to be hurt and yelling at each other. You see, anger, frustration is expectation. Anger is a secondary emotion. It's covering up something generally hurt. So when two people are angry and they are fighting, that's two people that are defending their hurt, that have their armor up, and they are trying to hurt the other person. Because if I'm hurt, But I just cover that up with anger and I see you not reacting while I'm hurt. I'm going to say things very hurtful to you to try to get the reaction I want. And then when you start acting angry instead of hurt and you're trying to hurt me, that's going to make me angrier because I need to defend my hurt even more. And I'm going to get louder. This isn't love. This isn't a loving relationship. 
Yeah, there are some books out there you can read and stuff like that. Love languages and all that jazz. But a lot of it is just learning how to have a conversation. Because why am I reacting this way? Maybe because a lot of times when I, you know, when I was a kid, our whole family yelled at each other. And I was scared, so I held it in. There's a reason for it. Or maybe we just all yelled at each other. Maybe we never confronted each other. Maybe our fam my family, we all just shut up and went our separate ways. And there is a conflicting uh there there is a conflicting reaction in this relationship based on each of our families. You see what I'm saying here? Generally, the way I behave now, whether it be depression, whether it be relationships, whether it be anger, whether it be sadness, whether it be anxiety, overly worried, overthinking, the way I react now usually has a, has um, its roots in my past. The way I behave now. I'm generally, and this is why mindfulness is important and being in the present moment and being non-judgmental, because I'm generally not reacting to what's happening right now. Subconsciously, I'm generally reacting to what happened in the past. And I'm protecting myself from that ever happening again. But what is happening is I, I'm not reacting to the present. And I'm making things worse because I'm not reacting to what's going on now. So we need to give ourselves a reality check and look what's actually going on right now. And sometimes I need to let myself know what was happening is not happening now. My husband is not my father. My my wife is not my is not my mom. Those situations are not happening. Uh, maybe it's prior relationships. My ex-husband was abusive. So now I'm trying to protect myself from my current husband, who has never raised a hand at me on me or ever talked down to me. I'm reacting to this husband as if they were my old husband because I'm protecting myself. And I see that happen a lot. We have to have a reality check. This is not the same situation. And I need to retrain my brain. I need to retrain my behavior and my communication style. What a lot of people don't do is they don't get on Google or Bing or whatever, ask Jeeves and start researching. How do I change this? What is the appropriate way to act in this situation, behave, react? in this situation and how do i reach this behavior change it could be working with a therapist or it could be just doing your own research but i don't believe a lot of people are generally do, or not i don't know if it's a lot of people but i feel like some people aren't doing that but that's because they're not self-aware and self-aware is number awareness is number one because if you come to me in a therapy session and start talking to somebody else, I'm going to say, 
that person is not in this therapy session. What's up with you? And if you're wanting to focus on that person, why is that person not in this session? And if this person is not in this session, why are you still with them? And I'm not saying you have to break up with that person, but I'm saying that's an option or you can just accept the, that person is the way they are. But like my, if you come to me, my job is not to help you feel, is not to, if you're in trauma, sorry, I can't get my thoughts together. If you're in trauma, I can't treat trauma while you're in the trauma. You can, I can't help you accept the situation while you're in the situation. Generally, you have to get yourself out of the situation before you accept and forgive. If it's continuing to happen to you, you can't forgive. You can accept it. But it's gonna, and, and I guess you could forgive, but it's going to be very hard. And it takes a special person to do that. But I don't know too many people that are content in that situation that doesn't feel in a toxic relationship, that doesn't feel like it's stress, stressful all the time. Like if it's stressful for you, you can't be in it. That's it. Or you guys, you know, maybe you guys learn to separate different parts of the house or whatever. If that's the relationship you want, so be it. You can do that. I'm not saying you can't do that. I'm saying it's hard to do. But just because it's hard doesn't mean it's impossible. It's completely up to you and how you want to deal with it. But what I do know is a relationship is not going to work unless both people are working on it. Hey, thanks for watching. Um, again, find me at Twitter at LBRT Social Work. Uh, you can find me on Facebook. You can find me on Instagram, Richard Rogers, MSW, LCSW. You can f check my website. I got blogs. I got vlogs. Uh, but thanks for uh, listening today, and uh, peace out. Stay mangled and strangled in peace.